0: is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live, a podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. Welcome to Walk and Roll Live. I'm Doug Vincent, your host. Well, first of all, thank you for coming back and listening to us. What is Walk and Roll Live? Well, I want to tell you a little bit about that. Uh today, first of all, today we're introducing a new host that is going to help me with the show. But I And I kind of talked about that a little bit last week. I did a short little podcast just to kind of give you an idea of, of what we're going to do today. And so uh, if you haven't had the benefit of listening to that, I just wanted to kind of give you a little update on uh, what we're doing. And, uh, you know, take the opportunity to tell you a little bit about Walk and Roll Life. So this started about 12 years ago. And it was an idea, a concept that I uh, thought of where I just wanted to give a voice to the uh, disabled community to talk about things, also to share resources and uh, maybe advocate for our community, that kind of thing. Anything, wherever the conversation went, I wanted to kind of be a catalyst for that. And uh, so I did some episodes, Life Got Busy. And um, one of the things was I started to do more at work. And one of those things, which I had never really done before, I, I was a broadcaster for years and years, and they put me in the role as the host of the Community Affairs Report. So for about five years, I interviewed two or three to four times a week for an, an hour program that we had once a week on the radio. So I did a lot of interviews and anything from public service to you know resources for the community uh, public safety you you name it, you can imagine that many interviews there was a lot of stuff well i found i retired about 4 or 5 years ago of all the things i did in broadcasting as much as i wasn't a, a big fan of doing that when i first was tapped for that role i found that it was a thing that i missed so i wanted to get back to it and i i wanted to do it with a, with a, with a host, uh, because it's always better with two people to kind of bounce things off of each other. And, and I tried a few things. I tried some broadcast friends. They didn't really seem into it. Uh, my old, my, my other friends that weren't broadcasters, I asked a few of those if they would like to do it. I think the, the prospect of doing it once a week, which is my goal. I want to do these once a week. Uh, they were really into that. So, so it just kind of left me to my own. And I had some technical issues that I kind of had to learn and overcome to be able to record these away from a broadcast studio. I have a small studio in my home, but it didn't have those capabilities. So I got all that sorted out. And and then through my my volunteer work and my association with an organization called Possibilities, which is an organization that is through Loma Linda Hospital, it's all about disabled community and giving them a voice and, and, and really, I think the inception has grown beyond that so much, I think, but the inception was people that came to disabilities later in life through sports, adaptive sports, they could show people that their life wasn't over. Cause that's the first thought I'm sure that goes through somebody who's paralyzed later in life. Life is over. You know, I'm not going to fulfill all the dreams that I had getting married and, and having kids and a family and watching them grow up in a, Career and all those things are just done. No, that's not the case. And possibilities helps people see that. And I've seen it happen again and again and again. So I wanted to do that. Well, through possibilities and then through the COVID, uh, the COVID, uh, through, through COVID, where everybody was going on to Zoom, we were doing mixers, Zoom mixers at possibilities. And I came to know this guy, Eric Aguilar. And it just dawned on me one day, I kind of kicked myself. For not realizing it sooner, but he would be a perfect co-host. He's just, he's great guy, enthusiastic. I'm going to butter him up here. Uh, enthusiastic guy, very sharp. You're passionate about the disabled community. And so, you know, you were just a natural to have come on and be a co-host. And I, you know, I, I never even gave it a second thought that you would say, no, somehow I knew in my heart that you would just love to do this. And, uh, and that was the case. When I asked you, you didn't even hardly hesitate. You said, yeah, let's do this. So um, I, I want to introduce you to Eric Aguilar. Now we'll, uh, y- you know, just say hi real quick, and then we're going to take a break. So you can unmute yourself, Eric, and and uh, and then we'll get into his interview because I want to tell, uh, give him an opportunity to tell his story. Uh, you know, he's a guy, and this is indicative of disabilities. Some are visual, some are not. You may not know, Eric. I, you know, I figure he was involved with possibilities. So he probably had a, a disability of some sort, but it's not anything glaring. You know, uh, you you really wouldn't know. He's a sharp guy. He, he's into a lot of things, and we'll get into that in the interview. But say hey to everybody, Eric, first of all. Hello, friends. Greetings. <laughs> all right. Welcome to Walk and Roll Live. All right. Uh, you know, a few things, too. Let me just throw these out here before we come back. Uh, we have an email, live at walkandrolllive.com. So W A R live at walk and roll live, all one word dot com. Uh, and you can give any input that you'd like. Like I say, this thing's just starting. It's starting to grow. Uh, hopefully it will flourish. And, and if it does, it'll be from help from you, uh, topics that you want to do. If you, that you want to hear, you have some suggestions, comments, encouragement, uh, critiques, whatever you want to do. That's the place to get a hold of us. And then you can find, uh, this podcast everywhere tell your friends about it spotify google Podbeam, working on itunes amazon audible uh we're going to try to be everywhere in addition to the website and that's got resources and all that on the website too go check that out all right uh stay close we're going to be right back to get to know eric aguilar sometimes i just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here i can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day baby you're our legacy Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe, and is the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Walk and Roll Live. Doug Vincent here with you along with my New co-host Eric Aguilar, how you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. And you? Uh, how are you, Doug? I am good. All right, just a couple of quick things before I uh, turn you loose. Um, if you have any ideas, uh, our email is War Live, W A R Walk and Roll Live at Walk and Roll Live One Word dot com, and uh, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Google Pod I'm trying to get us on iTunes, should have that done pretty quick, and also Amazon Audible. You can find us on all of those platforms. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is going to be our first story of the relaunch here on Walk and Roll Live. And so part of the reason why I I wanted to have Eric on, you know, mainly because I knew he'd be a good host and co-host. He's a, a enthusiastic guy, very passionate, very involved in the community, all those things. He's just boom, 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 checks off all those boxes, but, uh, he also is a person with a disability. So I wanted to, you to kind of get to know him. Uh, and as he tells his story and, and, uh, tells you about his disability, you'll get a little better idea of who Eric is. So, um, let's just start with kind of the beginning, you know, when, um, cause I, and I'm going to be hearing a lot of this for the first time myself, uh, folks, cause, Um, as much as I've known Eric for a while, and we have our mixers and we talk about what kinds of things possibilities is doing. We update uh, each other on what's going on in our lives. So, you know, we don't sit and, you know, talk talk, really talk about our disabilities unless there's some, you know, some help that you're looking for that kind of thing. And then we can share and, and uh, we help each other out that way. But, uh, you know, we're just, we're regular folks. We get together and, and we're chatting about life and, you know, what's going on. the good, the bad, the ugly, and so we don't talk about those kinds of things. So I'm going to be hearing about a lot of this stuff for the first time. So, um, is this uh, something that that you came to uh, you know, like? Some some disabilities you're born with, and some it's a uh, you know it's a it can be a, a a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, or it can be you know they get paralyzed in an accident or something like that. So you know, tell us about yours, Eric.
1: This all began uh, back in the late 80s in uh, 1988, during the uh, golden age of Super Nintendo and Game Boys. I was born prematurely. The doctors took me off the ventilator machine too early because they thought my lungs were mature enough. But unfortunately, they weren't, which uh, gave birth to um, the origin of my own disability. I um, have the um, mild stage of cerebral palsy known as hemiplegia that affects only the right side of the body. And based on the research I found, it affects a lot of your muscle coordination. It goes hand in hand with um, epilepsy, which causes seizures and could affect one's learning disability or speech. I come from a family of three brothers that have cerebral palsy, like me, but their stages are slightly different than mine. Like one brother has it in both legs, which is known as hemiplegia, one has it in one leg, which is known as monoplegia.
0: So that's a similarity in our story, see, that I I didn't know, you know, you, you have some siblings there and I I didn't really, my brother and I talked about this, I didn't really figure this out until years and years and years and years and later, but, um, and you know, I'm talking decades, how important that is to have somebody right there along with you that understands what you're going through. Right. Right. You know, you and your brothers, you can, you can relate and, you know, same thing with my brother. And what I, I kind of compare it to is like, is like twins. Twins have that bond and that connection because of their similarities. And this is kind of the same thing. When you share a disability with a sibling, there are so many times that it's like almost like an unspoken thing. We understand what each other's going through because there's, there's so many similarities, but you know, I want to make sure that you have all the time you, you uh, need to talk about this. Now, so what in your early life, how did that kind of start to, you know, manifest itself? How did you see any, there were any limitations? What did you have to overcome? Those kinds of things.
1: Well, as a kid, I had very little understanding of the nature of my disability. And one day I asked my mom, why am I so different? And that kind of, you know, broke her heart and yeah. caused her to cry that I would ask such a question. And in order for my mom to show me from the truth, because back then I didn't think she really knew much about my Disability either of how we can cope with it. Saying, she said, "Honey, you're just special." And throughout childhood, I just kind of left it at that. But years later, as I came in through my adult years, I took up medical terminology over at Creighton's College and did a project on my own disability. And what people didn't realize that I wasn't really seeking any uh, cure, but I was doing my own research on my own disability and seeking out the answers that I've been seeking all the way back from childhood.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. Uh did the same thing uh i i forget fifth or it was fifth or sixth grade we had a science fair and we all had to do something and i i did polio you know just kind of trying to learn about its origins and you know how it affects you and all those things you know so interesting how those parallels are the same as well and it's just part of that growing up process right
1: and as i grew up i overcame many obstacles because due to the nature of my uh disability doctors- told me that i would never walk talk or vaguely live past age six but to this day i proved the doctors wrong and as time went on i developed a secondary disability which um indicates that i'm hard of hearing in my left ear okay and then um about a couple years ago i slipped on some water in the kitchen and landed on my right femur causing my arthritis in my right hip joint
0: yeah so you you touched on so many things there you know again um Uh, I don't want to try to, I'm not trying to one-up you, but um, it's just not, it's not even up, it's, it's parallels, you know, same thing, you know, doctors told me and my brothers that, you know, we would never, because we used to have two full braces, you know, and they said, you know, this is going to be it. And, you know, you know, years later through some surgeries and hard work, you know, i only have one brace, you know, for the longest time. And uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, I've learned that over the course of my life. That uh, I, I, now I know why they call it practicing when they talk about doctors, their practice, because they, it seems like in so many ways, no offense doctors, but as much as we know, it's, there's so much they don't know. There's so many times that you, you hear where the doctors, you know, make these, these prognosis and they, and I've seen more times than not where people overcome them. Not going to walk. Yes, we are. (laughs) You know, we do. So, how did you, you know, where did that strength come from that you just uh, to face those challenges and overcame them?
1: Over the years, um, not only dumb, underestimated, but they were close uh, friends and family members and strangers that I came across in my lifetime. Due to the nature of my disability, even today, a lot of people, you know, try to say, you know, I can't really do much or do anything due to the nature of my very own disability, but then I have a tendency to prove people wrong. Sometimes you know, it makes them, it makes them happy, and makes them. Uh.
0: <laughs> so you have a little chip on your shoulder. Uh, I guess you could, I guess you could say that. You know, like you know, you're using my, it in a good way though.
1: Like throughout my adult years, I even have a tendency to wanting to prove people wrong all sure, the time. Sure, And one of the philosophies that I live by these days is that I always say yes when life says no.
0: I hear that. I hear that. And, and, You know, in the in the brief time that I've known you, you know, it seems like every time we would have a mixer, you know, you've got a new certificate that you've gotten in something. You know, you're you really have a passion for learning, right?
1: Yes, sir. Speaking of learning, I've always been one of those individuals that's always willing to adapt and learn like the pandemic. It gave me a chance to not only adapt, but to evolve as an individual. And as everything was being shut down during the pandemic, I kept asking myself the first four weeks of being stuck at home, what am I to do to get through this crazy time of uncertainty? Yeah. And so I teamed up with the um, state council development of disabilities in San Maradino and started teaching emergency preparedness lectures. And then I went through different instructor development workshops virtually to hone my craft and learn my skills. And I've been doing it ever since. And after being on video chat teaching for four years, I developed a passion for teaching. But when I teamed up with the uh, local uh, community emergency response team known as CERT and became a me- member of uh, Lumberland of Possibilities, I started taking a shine to other people with disabilities. And as I think about the, um, well, you know, what could happen if I had to prepare for a natural disaster or an active shooting or hazardous weather or whatever the case may be, What would I I do to prepare? And that's how I came about uh, wanting to teach um, lectures on emergency preparedness for people with disabilities. And what's really cool is that a lot of people with disabilities are their own emergency managers. They know what they need or want on a regular basis if it was a normal day. But as you prepare your kids, I look at this as pizza. You know, everybody loves pizza. And I have met an individual who didn't like pizza. (laughs) I mean, sure, it's going to be pizza, but everybody's pizza is going to be different.
0: Yeah. So when you started studying this, did you find that the emergency services that were out there, first responders, had they been trained much in the special needs of people with disabilities?
1: I would have to say um, yes and sometimes no. Yeah. The thing about access and functional needs of people with disabilities is that I've learned that it's not a one-size-fit-all deal. And that a lot of people with disabilities don't know what's out there as far as uh, disaster preparedness in the sense of resources. And hopefully down the road, we're willing to change all that. And one training in particular that's very hard to come by, even for law enforcement, because I've also been a volunteer in uh, Redlands Police Department going on 13 years, is um, finding a disability awareness in law enforcement, of uh, course. And the, one of the main killers of that particular curriculum is being trained for it. They exist, but does not in this particular state.
0: There's nothing in California for that?
1: Not yet, but with this uh, customized curriculum I have for um, disability uh, toolbox where I can uh, teach um, active shooting for people with disabilities under a couple of conditions and fire safety and earthquake preparedness. And what's unique about the fire safety curriculum is that you don't have to necessarily be a firefighter to teach that basic curriculum. But if I were able to do a uh, training on Zoom or in person, I would love to have a off-duty cop or a um, firefighter attend a lecture to answer additional questions that I might not even be able to answer.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and you never know when they're not going to be able to answer questions too. We had a uh, a speaker. I was a Kiwanis member for years, and we had speakers every week. We had a CHP officer that came in and did a presentation. You know, and then we always have time to answer questions. And, and I watched way too much. I watch a lot of cop shows, you know, I'm kind of addicted to it. And, and one of the things that you notice sometimes, you know, cops will pull somebody over because they fit the description of somebody who's maybe committed a violent crime. And, you know, the whole process of getting them out of the car sometimes can be a little rough. And, you know, so I, I asked the the officer, you know, if, if I was ever in a situation like that, and they say, you know, put your hands up and get out of the car. Well, I can't put my hands up and get out of the car. You know, I use my arms to get out of the car. It's I can't get out quickly. I can't, I'm not going to do it the way an able-bodied person is going to do it. And sometimes in those moments, you know, they may take that for somebody trying to evade being arrested. You know, and again, you know, I don't want to get shot. Don't want to, I mean, I could really be physically harmed just being yanked out of a car more than the average person even. But uh, but th- they didn't have an answer for that. You know, if they were confronted with that situation, you know, at least the officer that, that we were spe- speaking to that day didn't really have an answer. She was going to look into it for us. But, you know, so uh, still a little nervous about that. You know, I law-abiding citizen, let me go on record as saying that, you know, I'm not going to being, uh, being pulled over for evading or committing a crime that, you know, that's not me. I would have to be mistaken for somebody. I'm just too chicken, but, uh, yeah. So, so there's so much out there and I know that, uh, you already did it last year. You did a whole four point, uh, four part series for Loma Linda on disaster preparedness with, I think an emphasis on people with disabilities and you're in the middle of doing it now. Uh, so wh- where would they find more information if they wanted to go check that out? Going to go to the Team Possibilities website or, or uh, Loma Linda's website?
1: How I came up with the slideshows that I conducted for Loma Linda Possibilities is that I went on ready.gov then I did some uh, research on the uh, Disability Access Function Needs curriculum that I have um, stored away. And I com- kind of sort of, um, you know, tweaked the curriculum a little bit and combined them together. Like back to what we were saying about an officer uh, pulls you over and say put your uh, step out of the vehicle. Yeah. That kind of goes back to um, the, the concept of, being, of ducking and cover if there was an earthquake. Because what I've realized that not everybody's going to be able to duck and cover the same way. Yeah. Like, uh, take me, for example. I can duck and cover um, the same way as anybody else, but unless I have my staff uh, with me to help me uh, walk, what I could do is I could put the staff beside me. And I can still duck and cover the exact same way. Yeah. And uh, you, and then uh, you, my friend, on the other hand, you can uh, always, you know, lock your uh, brakes in place wherever you are, and try and protect your head still the very best you can.
0: Yeah. So those are those are the kinds of things that you cover in your in your workshops, right? So so right. where 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 would you uh, if if somebody heard this and wanted to take advantage of those, all they have to do is sign up. They're free, right?
1: Oh yes, they will always be free, and a broadcast of every uh, Thursday of the third Thursday of the month, from from thirty minutes to an hour. I kind of have a tendency of knocking out the lecture within thirty minutes, but I'm trying sure <laughs> to work on you know winging it to an hour exactly. But and I open like it, it up to, to uh, uh,
0: for questions. yeah, I was going to say yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. So you can find that on the Loma Linda website.
1: Um, you can, but my best advice is go to ready.gov and, um, look up the different scenarios because they have different scenarios, you know, like, um, droughts, thunderstorms, people with disabilities, earthquakes, fire safety, heat waves. It's like a, a personal library.
0: Right on. Well, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to direct them towards your seminars, Eric Get you an audience. What I could, <laughs> what I could do
1: is, um, um, try and make a web, may, maybe, um, post them on possibilities somehow. Or I got an
0: idea. I got an idea. We've got a research page on walk and and I'll, I'll put a link on there. How's that sound? All right. All right. Sounds good. We'll get that up there. All right. And, uh, cause I think I have an events page, but, uh, you know, there's another thing that's been kind of lacking over the last few years is, uh, I haven't been involved enough to put up uh, new events up there. Uh, so again, War live at walkandrolllive.com if there's any events and, and I'm talking definitely nationwide I, I don't know how far this goes out to the world, who's going to be listening to it, but yeah any events that you want to uh, send along to me and I'll put a link up on our events page and you know uh I mean that's that's kind of the, the whole you know pr- process that I want to use this for is to you know have a community where we can share our events, we can get resources. We can have conversations about you know the things that uh, we go through, the challenges that we're met with. Um, and now, have you been to the Abilities Expo that travels around the country?
1: Oh yes, I was um, there with a fellow friend of ours, uh, a Hugo, uh, Hugo Herrera, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, right before COVID in uh,
0: L.A. Yeah,
1: and it, and it was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing, just all the uh, the things that it exposes you to, sports-wise, adaptive sports. You know, of course, vehicles and um, just all kinds of of helpful devices. To help. I mean, one thing I, you know, like this is one of those things that people don't really, you know, even think of. And why would they? You know, but but you know, to for someone like me who's a wheelchair user, to get dressed is you know is an event in itself. You know, every morning it's. Uh, I mean, I that's one of the things I I kind of daydream about is what's it like to just you know, throw on some pants and step up. And it's a process of about, you know, five seconds to put some pants on and zip them up and go, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I don't even want to describe to you, but it's a, it's like a five, 10 minute process, you know, every morning to get, it's I mean, I've grown up with it. I don't know any difference, you know, it's not like to me, it doesn't feel like it's this long thing. It's just what is I've done it my entire life. So um, even before when I was walking on crutches, more it's it's still the same process. So it just things like that. But it uh, there are devices to help that help you do that in um, mobile devices to help you be more mobile. You know, my shoulders have worn out over the course of my life, so I, I have a electric motor that helps me push my wheelchair. You know, so I don't have to go get rotator cuff surgery yet. So we're putting that off as as long as we can. All right. So what else is on the menu? What, what else? I know you're a guy that uh, likes to, to, to learn new things. You got anything else that you're you know, like a bucket list of things you want to learn
1: on my bucket list. I want to become a um, instructor for um, the national emergency management basic Academy. That's run by FEMA and then be an instructor for um, two other things like emergency management certification for a uh, Cal OES And then there's an organization called um, Functional Assessment Service Team, known as FAST. They're a great tag team with the uh, Red Cross in the importance of sheltering. Their job is to make sure that the uh, shelter is accessible as possible for people with disabilities, like the exit, the entrances, the showers, and the bathroom. Make sure there's enough room for them to roll around in their chairs or walk or with their service animal. Make sure the uh, cots are accessible for them to easy to get on and get off. Things like awesome. that. Yeah. We even get to really wear this really cool vest um, that has the logo <laughs> and the name of the organization on the back, but it looks like a Walmart vest. <laughs> and what and how they do it is they do it in teams of three.
0: Yeah. So do you go around and inspect these places or or do you meet with them and, and uh, give them some ideas about how to make them more accessible?
1: Rather than just going in the field in teams of three, I'm more interested in teaching because I think I may have found my calling in life. Because before I started teaching, I was a disabled athlete in five k uh, mud runs, and five um, k mud runs are like a, a three mile uh, obstacle course that's surrounded by mud. Mm-hmm. And what I fascinates <laughs> me about it is the uh, is the thrill, the journey, the challenge, and the structure. I never really cared much for the hardware that you get at the end of the finish line once you uh, complete the course all together as a
0: whole. Yeah. So when's the last time you did one of those? It was about
1: a. Uh, Four years ago, before COVID, me and my fiance, that I've been with going on eight years now, we did the uh, sheriff's mud run, and this was a very fascinating story. I signed up for the San Bernardino sheriff's um, mud run, and my fiance, up to the weeks leading to the event, thought she was going to go there to cheer me on. Until when the day of before the event finally came, I said, "You know, honey, I'm sorry you cannot come with me this time," and she was getting ready to cry. I cannot let you do that which is why you're signed up to do with me tomorrow morning. And then man, does she live with excitement?
0: <laughs> so she went on it with you? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's awesome. So well, are you going to do another
1: one? I'm thinking of uh, doing two more. There's two more that I haven't done yet called the rugged maniac Optic course, which is 25 or more, three miles. And one of the, challenge, the obstacles that's really, really having me think a lot is, um, is the flaming logs. Now they're not big flames, but they're just little uh, flames on logs. And I said, man, imagine if I went through that. That way my spirit says, my f- darling even jumped over fire. And they could say, whoa, back up. Your man <laughs> even jumped over fire. And then the biggest monster of all is a Spartan. It's usually about 20 or more. And I'm hoping to get those under my belt before my knee deteriorates over time, because for the last couple years now, my knee is starting to deteriorate. Yeah. Doctor says it could be um, signs of uh, arthritis. It could turn into bone and bone. And one of the yeah. many things about myself is that no matter what happens, or if my disability, you know, increases or um, evolves over time, I'm never willing to give up for nothing. And if there was a pill that can take away my entire disability forever, I would hold it in my hand. And then smile and then throw it. And then toss it away. Yeah. I would often times, you know, if it wasn't for my disability, who would I be and where would I be today? Because over the years, I've turned my own disability from a curse into a blessing all in itself.
0: And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on. You know, I can tell that you're that kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. You keep on going. And you know you touch on an important point there in that, uh, in that last uh, little bit of what you were saying is that, it, you know, we talk about, you know, and I'm guilty of it. We talk about, um, able-bodied and people with disabilities, right. But everybody at some point or another is going to be disabled. And, you know, I'll say that to people and they're like, they're like, what what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, when you get to be seventy years old, try to go out and do a somersault. You know, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do it. That's because we all age into disabilities. There's always gonna be, you know, that time. Hopefully, you know, God willing, that you're gonna get to that age where you know mobility becomes difficult and you know all those things. Ask anybody that's over fifty or sixty years old. You know, you just all that starts to go away, just like you're talking about. You know. Uh, just because uh, you're with a disability and I am too, you know, it's not like we're the only ones that are deteriorating, you know, able-bodied people too, you know, you see it all the time, knee replacements and shoulder replacements and, and all those things. So the resources that we have, you know, can be utilized by everybody at some point or another. Right. So and we'll, we'll continue to do that. And it, it, this whole, this whole thing, walk and roll live is going to grow and, Hopefully you'll help us grow and, uh, you know, you, Eric, and our listeners will help us grow and, and mold it into something that uh, we can all utilize and, and better our community, uh, going forward. That's my, you know, if that's Pollyanna, so be it. But that's, that's, that's what I want to do, you know, so keep you, and we've got some people lined up already, right? Uh, with team possibilities and possibilities. We've got, uh, Cody Williams that's going to come on here in a couple of weeks. Uh, We have what uh, is called an independent living center, which I volunteer for. And we're going to have the executive director on, uh, Lisa Hayes. That'll be uh, the following week after Eric, uh, his interview here. Um, And an independent living center is really in a nutshell is to help people with disabilities live the most independent life of their choice. And there's a lot of resources that we'll talk to Lisa about to help people with disabilities do that, to live independently. There's devices and aids and and uh, all those things out there to help people do that. You know, and it, it may not be one on one living alone all the time. It may be some variation of that, but whatever it is, whatever you choose to do, uh, they can help you do that. So we'll get into that as well. What else, Eric? What else? What else are you passionate? Yeah, I mean, you know, well, you're you're engaged. You're going to be married. When's that happening?
1: I'm hoping in three years or less, because about my proposal, I proposed to her um, last year on Veterans Day, which was the day before our anniversary. And how that works is it's both my birthday and our anniversary uh-huh. as a whole. And as we were walking through the woods, I was holding the ring in my hand, and I was kind of going back and forth like, please say the right thing. Come on, man. Look at you. You're not getting any younger. <laughs> well, for the, well, for the record, folks, I'm only going to be 35, but <laughs> yeah. inside, I kind of feel a little bit older than that. So I kind of uh, look up at the sun. I smile and I look out towards the water and I say, oh, what the heck? Here it goes. So here I am holding my walking stick with one hand and getting down on one knee with the other best I could. And I tell my girl, you know, we're going to have our ups and downs. There's going to be challenges in life. There could be some risks. Some days are going to be bad. Some days are going to be more good than others. I'm like, well, but anyway, will you? And she finally said yes. So we walked back to the cabin told the family what happened. I said, we had a little talk in the woods and I kind of held up the ring and everybody started cheering. And the mom I know was crying even on the inside.
0: Awesome. Well, congratulations.
1: Thank you, Doug. When I look at people with disabilities, I consider us the Avengers or the X-Men from all over the world because everybody has something unique or special about them. And as I look at them, I'm not looking at the disability, I'm looking at just the person.
0: My hat is off to you, sir. Uh, that's a uh, that's another element of this that uh, I want to help people understand. You know, uh, and there's stories that will come out as we're doing this um, of how people with disabilities are treated and And I say that because sometimes it's it's well intentioned. You know, uh, some some people have big hearts and they want to help out and, and and that's fine. I I don't I don't ever say anything negative about that. Um, you know, then there are other times where there are people that say and do things that are. Uh, I had to give somebody a talking to the other day, which was rare for me, because uh, usually I just let it slide off of me. But I had to I had to give somebody a, a talking to about. Uh, well, they were, they were asking questions about me to the person sitting next to me that were about me. And, uh, I, you know, they just assumed, I guess that I couldn't talk or think, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the issue was, but anyway, uh, that's another thing. Yeah. I hope, I hope to accomplish here by people getting to hear our stories and listen to us chatting, that they know that these are human beings with hopes and fears and Disappointments and challenges and triumphs and all of those things all rolled up into one just like anybody else. Right, Eric? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I think we're running out of time uh, here on this segment. Let's uh, take a quick bake- break here on Walk and Roll Live, and we will be back in just a second. Habitat for Humanity builds houses and so much more. A Habitat Build site is where hanging a door opens a world of opportunity where turning a screw turns the page, and where a simple key can unlock a brighter future. You see, Habitat for Humanity builds houses and so much more. What will you build? Visit habitat.org to learn more. Welcome back to Walk and Roll Live. I'm Doug Benson with my co-host. Eric Aguilar, and uh, thanks for listening today. We're wrapping up here. I uh, just wanted to give you a few things. War live at walkandrolllive.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, or, or uh, you know topics that you want to hear about, maybe some people that we can interview, that kind of thing. And then we're also available on Spotify, Google, Podbean. Uh, working on iTunes should have that up uh, pretty quick, and uh, Amazon Audible are the places so far that you can get us and um, You'll see them on our website too, walkandrolllive.com. And I know you had some closing thoughts that you wanted to share with people, Eric.
1: You know, friends, I think a lot every day from the moment I wake up to the minute I go back to sleep every single day. No matter who you are or where you come from, always say yes when life says no. And at the end of the day, all that really matters is what you choose to be now. Always say yes when life says No. A champion is somebody that never fails, but a champion is somebody that never gives up.
0: I like that. I like that. And that kind of goes along with our motto here at Walk and Roll Live. You didn't know we had a motto, did you, Eric? Oh, no. (laughs) And it's simple. Life limitless. What do you think? I I like it. All right. All right. Well, until next time, uh, like I say, we're going to try to drop these every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening to Walk and Roll Live. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Walk and Roll Live is heard around the world at walkandrolllive.com, Podbean, and Spotify. Like us at Facebook.com slash walk and roll live. You can email us at war live at walkandrolllive.com with comments, observations, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever's on your mind. Have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show? Let us know. Look for new episodes every Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening.